shit. Let's go ahead and jump into it. We got Coach Rob with us today. Coach, go ahead and just kind of introduce yourself. A lot of my audience already know you from the wrestling podcast we've done in the past. And I thought uh, this would be a perfect time for you to come on. One, we're about to you know, play arena on football. Number two, a lot of our uh, players on the football team, our football players are wrestlers. And, uh, you know, the players of the week this week, all of them at once are, are, are wrestlers. Uh, and also, like, you're kind of the reason where I got the idea from to kind of focus on Elgin sports, you know, just kind of doing the podcast with you in the past and uh, believing in your vision when it comes to sports. And, you know, I think it's a good idea to have you on. And I guess let's talk about it, bro. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I love the way and the direction that the podcast goes and it gives all of us. I know, speaking for myself at least, it gives me an outlet to come and speak about things that are going on and talk about like you said, what our vision is for athletics here in Elgin, not just wrestling, you know, all sports that we focus on. And now that we have you fully involved with the staff and, you know, we're able to integrate that with this podcast, I think it's a great tool, you know, to use and to stay connected with, you know, members of the community, stay connected with family members, stay connected with just people that want to be on the end in Elgin sports. And there's a lot of people that want to be in on it right now. Mm, 100%. As far as uh, the actual, actual high school football, what, what positions do you coach? I know you had me out there throwing footballs today, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a – man, and that's kind of a complicated answer. It's really not. You know, I uh, technically I coach the receivers and the defensive line, you know, if you want to put it on paper. But I've this is my seventh season to coach football here, and I've kind of coached every position and just – tried to do what's needed of me. And, and now, you know, I, I like to tell people or at least think, you know, I – I try to just coach the, the mindset of the football players out there and I try to coach every athlete's just just the attitude, try to stay positive with kids, get on kids when they need it and just be the assistant coach that Coach Wyatt needs, you know, be what Coach Castro and Coach Baker needs, you know, and just just try to be, you know, a, a Swiss Army knife for them a little bit, you know, and conform to what they need. You know, people don't understand there's always stuff going on <laughs> within our staff and right. people have personal issues and people aren't able to do stuff certain weeks. And, you know, you just, you cover for your brothers and, and, and you, you pull in where you need to, you push out where you need to, and you do whatever it takes to make it work Well, as, as a coach and stuff. I mean, that's kind of interesting that you kind of say that because when we had Coach White on a couple of weeks ago, um, we kind of had him kind of go through the staff a little about, you know, who did what and kind of their roles and whatnot. And when he got to you, it was, you know, he's he's the glue. I mean, he's the guy yeah. that kind of keeps everything running together and kind of keeps everything together from both not only with the kids but also the coaching staff itself. So, I mean, that goes to show, A, what you mean to, to the staff um, and, and obviously to the head coach too, for him to kind of say that you're, you know, you're the, you're the guy that kind of keeps it all together and you're the glue within there. Yeah, that, uh, that means a lot. And like, I take that really, really to heart and I try to take it personal as a coach. And I just, I try to do whatever, you know, when I'm a head coach during wrestling, everything that I need help with without saying, you know, I try to do that for coach Wyatt or try to be there for him, you know, and just little bitty things like that, you know, I'm not ever going to go in there and give you any big master game plan to win a football game. <laughs> you know, I love football and I can tell you the ins and outs on a lot of things, but like, that's not my role in this team. My role is just to be there for everybody and to be there for the kids and talk, talk, enthusiasm. talk a little bit about that. Kind of the difference. First off, congrats. We'll start off and I'll, you know, 
we mentioned it during during Meet the Owls night and things like that. I mean, congratulations on the I know we're a year removed from it, but still winning a state title no matter what the sport is and what's going on there. It's an awesome accomplishment for you guys, uh, for your coaching staff, for for the kids and all the families and re- related to that because you know, it takes a village to kind of get to that point 100%. of winning the state championship. So congratulations on the duel. Dual state championship there on the wrestling side of things, but obviously in that sport you're you're the head man, so you're calling all the shots, and, and it's your program and things like that. Talk a little bit about the difference between being the head man and kind of being an assistant and kind of a do all and whatnot. I'm sure it gives you a different mindset since you kind of know what it's like on the wrestling side to be the yeah. head man, and then then kind of help out on the football side of things. A hundred percent, you know, and something me and Chalmer kind of joke about with each other. We always say, you know, heavy's the head, you know, that lies the crown. And uh, it really is at the end of the day, as the head coach, you have to answer every question, every single question to every parent, community, whoever, you know, administration, yeah. administration whoever you, you have to be the dude that's answering for everybody. So you're responsible not only for the kids, but you're responsible for a set of adults, you know, and you're responsible for them adults to do the right things, to make sure they're always at the right place at the right time. So like my role as an assistant coach, I just always try to make sure that I'm there, you know, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And and Chalmer talks about that a lot, you know, just be where you're supposed to be, be doing what you're supposed to do and good things will happen. So that's uh, that's the mindset I try to take as an assistant coach is just be there, make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do and coach the kids. Don't just be there standing there. Yeah, as an assistant coach, I mean, the biggest thing is you don't want to be a distraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, being there, being there where you're supposed to be doing, be where you're supposed to be at that time and then doing what you're supposed to be doing. So that way, I mean, it's, it's hard enough as a head coach to deal with the kids, but then if you also have to kind of deal with the number yeah. of kid assistant, I mean, that makes it even, that may makes it even harder. So a hundred percent. And, you know, you look at our staff and we're a smaller staff, you know, compared right. to all these other schools in the state and that, that has its burdens on it, but also, you know, it has its blessings. We're able to keep our, our ship tight, you know, our right. circle good and make sure that people are, are sharp, you know, and just knowing what we have with just the amount of coaches, every single person has to be on their game every day. And, uh, we rely on each other for that. Um, I've talked to you before, and I said, like, one of the great things I got from the military was I got to be around great leaders. You know what I mean? Like, I had the opportunity to, to work with you know, really fabulous uh, great leaders uh, that taught me a lot, you know. And, and, like, do you learn anything? Like, do you take anything from your fellow coaches in football, from Coach Wide, from, from any of them. I know you have the opportunity to work with Coach Baker also on wrestling, so I'm sure there's kind of a different relationship with the other straight football coaches. A hundred percent. I always like kind of one of my coaching philosophies is just to always be adaptive and always try to grow as a coach, you know. So I'm always looking to my peers, my assistant coaches, other coaches, just people around the state, you know. What are they doing? How are they interacting with the kids? How do they interact with my wrestlers? How do they interact with kids that are not, you know, and then I try to go in and interact you know maybe the same way or a different way or however that need, that kid might need at the time you know just uh securing those relationships with the kids especially we've asked most of the coaches that have been on this show in the past kind of who are some of your like castro last week talked about teddy roosevelt and that's kind of how the rough rider started and things like that and and then some of his his line coach in, in high school and things like who are some of your kind of influences as a leader and as a head coach, not just from the football side of things, but on the wrestling side of things as well. Because obviously wrestling's more of your – yeah. you said you love football, and we all do, but, I mean, obviously wrestling's kind of your past and your 
Absolutely. Um, I was fortunate, you know, my dad coached me a lot growing up and okay. uh, he started me and he was, had a really good coach son relationship with him. You know, he knew how to talk to me. He knew how to coach me. He knew how to let other people coach me, you know? So growing up, it was a big, you know, influence of him. It was great. He did a great job. And then when I was in high school, I had Tom Brack, who was coached there in Duncan forever. Um, old Gary connection with coach Bean and Dude, he's fantastic. He was a, a great leader. Um, showed me things I needed to do. Showed me things I didn't need to do, you know. And it's good It's good to get that from coaches, you yeah. know. It, it's good to see what I needed to do different in my program than what he did when I was in high school. But he was a tremendous leader. And, you know, he taught me a lot more in wrestling. He taught me to be a good man. He taught me to be a man of God, you know. He was a great, great leader in that sense. And then when I got into college... My coach was David James, you know, and not a lot of people know coaching at Central Oklahoma. He won 15 national championships and is the second leading coach in the nation, you know, ever behind Dan Gable. You know, he is a tremendous coach and he was a tremendous leader. And uh, same thing with him. Taught me some great things, taught me some great things not to do. And uh, just try to try to pick up from all of all the good influences I've had and uh, mold them into what my vision is and what the vision of the program is and make it all work. hundred percent. When it comes to, uh, you know, coaching and stuff, is, is there anything you as a coach do as far as uh, that you connect between wrestling and football? Man, I, I try to keep the mindset the same, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you, you try to keep that mindset and I always just, I think about the perfect combination of person is if you can put, you know, a quarterback that has all these great decision-making skills and all these calmness and poise and put a wrestler's mindset into them of, you know, never being able to back down in a situation, always having total confidence in yourself, being able to push through adversity. You know, that's the biggest thing when you take mindsets from wrestling to football is you teach kids that you're going to have setbacks, you're going to have obstacles. How do you, you know, how do you react to that? And, you know, that's, that's what I try to bind between the two sports is just taking that mindset, coaching their mentality and keeping it the same. I, I have people tell me every day there's a great culture around Elgin. And I believe that is firmly built around a wrestling mindset. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, look, one of the big, one of the good best things, I mean, about it is, and I mean, you talk to other people, you say, build a great wrestling program. Your football team is only probably going to get better as long as there's bleed over between the two programs because now I was never a wrestler. I was quarterback. So I was the, you know, basketball, baseball kid and this, that, and the other, but my brother-in-law was a wrestler. And a lot of the things that he took from wrestling translated onto the football field as a safety and, you know, different type of player and things. Talk a little bit about kind of what translates from wrestling. I know we talked a little bit about dealing with adversity and never backing down things like that, but kind of just the athletic attributes of what kind of translates. I mean, obviously it showed a ton last year, like Toby Parker Absolutely. Um, and some of those type of guys. And I mean, obviously Richardson and, and some of those other guys, and we'll talk about some of the guys that do both, but I mean, what those physical attributes, athletic attributes that translate well from the wrestling mat onto the football field. That's a, Coach Wyatt and the staff has done a great job, even with the kids that are not wrestlers, getting them involved in some sort of physical activity with wrestling, whether it's front rolls, back rolls, cartwheels, learning your body, you know, is the biggest thing with wrestling. You know how to distribute your weight different. You know how to move your feet and take your body with you, which is what's so important with football and wrestling, anything, you know, being able to move your hands and feet at the same time. 
lower your level to make impact, you know, things like that are tremendous. And that's why uh, not only, you know, is our offense explosive and great, our defense are, right. is just tremendous. Coach Baker, you know, with the game plan and everything is is on its own different level. But the, the tackling those kids bring in, being able to change levels and put their face in someone's chest and run through them, I think really shows and something I'm very, very proud of. Do you think there's anything to uh... – like far as defense goes, and, I, and I, I'm going, I'm talking. This is clearly something I started thinking about because the the seventh grade game yesterday. You know, OT win, baby, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, you know, so I talk to uh, my boys sometimes just about attack and attack style wrestling, if you will. You know, I think his game when he got a lot better wrestling once he started being active on offense versus you know playing off somebody else's controlling tempo. You know, yep. and, and uh, you know, his position. You know, an outside linebacker. I mean, I think, I think that was key yesterday. And we had two kids that, you know, they, they have the opportunity to to you know to go against each other every day in wrestling practice. You know, they're kind of the same position when it comes to sports. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, with, with them two, you know, an outside linebacker. I mean, I think that was a big deal. Do you see anything like that when it comes to? Yeah, you know, talking about True and Dax are two seventh grade kids and. You know, they were kids that wrestled at junior high state to get into the placement match. So we had two Elgin kids wrestle against each other to be a state placer. You know, they're both really good wrestlers. And uh, watching them play outside backer, they do a great job of making contact with their hands. You know, they're not just running in like dummies and smashing into people. <laughs> right. They're making contact with their hands. They're getting off blocks. They're being physical out there, you know. And just like you said, they're on the offense. Even though they're on defense, they're on the offense, you know. They're making yeah. contact. They're controlling the tempo of the game, you know. And I think that's tremendous. And, and wrestling will teach you that. It teaches you a sense of urgency, you know, and it teaches you to attack first. And I think one of the best examples of that to me on the varsity side of things is Jack. 100%. I mean, Jack, 100%. I mean, we talked about it a little bit with Coach Baker. I mean, Jack, I've heard on the wrestling mat, it's kind of similar to the football. Like you, you feel like he is just beat, mm-hmm. but he finds a way to, to flip out of it or crawl out of it or yeah. whatever way he finds a way. And I think a lot of that, I, like I said, never seen him wrestle, but have seen him on the football field. And it seems like a lot of that transfers – pretty well into him playing a defensive end spot for us. A hundred percent. Not only physically wrestling's helped him in that sense. He knows how to use his hands and manipulate his body, but mentally, you know, he gets beat down on a lot of plays, but the plays that he makes makes up for it tremendously, right. you know? So like the trade off there is, is great. And uh, yeah, he's just a kid that I've seen losing by 14 points and been a kid, you know, <laughs> and it, it's crazy. And uh, it, it helps when you're slender man and you're six, four and, 180 pounds and Gumby you, you, can, you can literally get lost on the defensive line trying to find him man because right. he's a freaking tornado in there and right. he knows how to use his hands and his mindset this year has probably been the biggest thing you know he's taking the attitude in that you know the first couple the first year on the defensive line he's like I'm gonna take my ass whoopings out here and uh, this year he's trying to deliver a lot more so it's cool to see yeah 100% it's you know it's funny we uh, on, on the way uh I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit of the weather for a game, but on the way to the game, we had the opportunity to ride with Coach White's dad. Yeah. And uh, he just happened to bring up Jack's dad, him back in the day wrestling. Uh, yeah, we were just Ted. randomly talking about Ted. wrestling. Yeah. And yeah. He brought up Ted Angeli, who was Elgin's first state champion. Second, what, second state yeah, champion. Second. He was a state champion here in Elgin, and that's cool, man, just to bring that connection. And he goes – 
And then Coach White's dad made the connection. He said, oh, that's his boy on the team. And said, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's his. And he was telling us how bad of a dude Ted was back in the day. <laughs> dude, that was an awesome conversation to have on a bus ride up there. You know, usually on the bus ride up there, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm calm, you know, on buses. I just... Well, I've been on the plane going overseas. Yeah, the bus ride, the bus ride two games is always, you know, you're on a business trip and everybody's focused and this, that, and the other. So it's a, it's a little different of a a ride than on the way back. (laughs) That's a, that's a rare treat though. You get to talk to someone like Wes Wyatt, you know. Yeah, to have that conversation, man. I was, I was motivated, like, like a coach always gets me motivated talking to him and talking about the the old days and stuff. I get motivated talking about that. I'm like, yeah. yeah. We're, about to, we're making memories right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's good stuff. Uh, well, let's jump into the Weatherford game. Yeah, the Weatherford game was uh, is what we expected. We knew we were going to go in there and be tested and have yeah. a fight, you know. And uh, we were sloppy at first, and everybody will say that. And we kind of had our mistakes here and there. But that's just uh, back to the mindset of battling through adversity and uh, yeah. sticking to the game plan. And once yeah. kids did that, we were fine. You know, we yeah, went out man. there and we imposed our will the whole game, um, you know, and uh, it, well, was it was good to see. It was good to be tested. I mean, the first half, yeah, it was very sloppy you know, for, for multiple reasons. Um, but like I said, it was good to see us have a little bit. I mean, the first two games were kind of, you know, you did whatever you wanted. Yes. Uh, and you don't yes. learn a lot from that. 100%. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's great. It's wonderful. It looks good. Your stats look great. But at the end of the day, when you start to get into the, you know, El Reno's coming up, the the district play, the MacArthur's, the Midwest Cities, things like that, you, you want to be tested yes. going into that. And, I mean, first half was a good test. Played very sloppy. Played very ugly at times. Um, but then second, you know, came in there at halftime and probably had a few choice words and, oh, you yeah. know, kind of – Looked at everybody and said, okay, we're way better than this team. Let's kind of put the hammer down. And, and that's kind of where it went. I mean, I think the O-line kind of took took over in the second half. And, I mean, we couldn't really run the ball much in the first half, which was unfortunate. And the second half, we, like I said, kind of imposed our will and did whatever we wanted there on the offensive side of the thing. Defense side of the ball, they played great all night. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they've played great all season. I mean, yeah, we've given up, what, 13 points through three games, and those 13 points were – Kind of in garbage time. Yes. Um, so the way that the, those guys are rocking and rolling right now is kind of an, an impressive thing to watch, and, and that all kind of stems back to the coaching staff and Jack Baker's you know game plans and things like that. But overall, I mean, kind of take us through the mindset of the team and kind of at halftime. I mean, you're still up thirteen nothing, so I mean you can't really go in there too upset. But I mean, obviously you're not you didn't play the way that you wanted to. So kind of take us through kind of halftime and kind of some of that mindset of what was said and, 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 and what, what adjustments were made and things like that? Uh, things are different than they have been, you know, in the past years when you go in 13 to nothing, you know, normally as a staff are like, all right, how can we hold on to this lead? How can we protect this and win this game? You know, we went in there confident we're going to win the game, you know, and I think I said to them, I said, yeah, we're winning because we have a lot more talent than them, you know, and they really, it's the truth. We weren't playing discipline, but our talent was showcasing and we got through. And so we go in there and we challenge the kids, you know, we say, hey, Here's some adversity. What are you going to do with it? You told us before that you want to be state champions. You want to do this. You want to do that. Here's your time to uh, prove it, you know, and uh, we challenged them, made our corrections and kids responded and cleaned it up. And it was a lot better in the second half. Talk about that a little. Obviously, you mentioned earlier, you've been on the staff for seven years now. So talk about how now you're you're addressing a group of kids who return pretty much everybody. Yeah. 
So now all of a sudden you're addressing a group of kids that you've been in a battle with now for three and four years. Um, you're beyond – you're always teaching yes. as a coach. But at the end of the day, you're kind of beyond – with the group now that they've been exactly. playing, you're, know, you're beyond the I coaching. I know exactly what you're you saying. You know what I'm saying? You're beyond the coaching part. You're beyond the teaching part. It's just kind of, you know, it's almost looking in the mirror. Like, guys, yep. you know, it's more of a gut check type of talk yes. rather than – or an experience type of talk. I remember when this happened, that happened, yada, yada, yada. Talk about kind of how, A, how enjoyable that part of it is, I guess. Um, and then what? how that – like what's the difference in that and, and of always trying to have to teach and, and some of those type of things? Uh, I find it now like we're not teaching the basics to kids anymore like you talk about. We're, uh, we're getting to coach the really fine details to them, you know, the high-level stuff. And when you get into that, even I have that as like in a wrestling program, you get to teach at that high level. You find yourself teaching more, you know, and you're able to really pour yourself into it and get into these details. So that's extremely enjoyable, you know. And then as a coach, you get to sharpen up by going back and coaching those JV kids, those freshman kids. And I coach the seventh and eighth grade team. I coach so the freaking first and second grade. <laughs> yeah. team. So like you yeah. see these different levels of just progression. And as a coach, it's fantastic to go out to, to the varsity and be able to coach them at a high level, you know. So you're coaching now like the nuances, I guess you can say, and kind of yes. like I said, the high level stuff rather than, you know, hey, the, you got to take your left foot here. Yes, <laughs> so that type a hundred percent. And you know, I found myself in the first couple of years having to teach that at every single level, yeah. you know. And uh, we really focused in on those young levels for a while, and like Jace and Colin and them, I've had since they were in fourth grade, you know. So the yeah. relationship. As I, I've seen them grow up, I know what they're made of. I know what they're capable of. I know what their mindset is. So, well, and you know what buttons to push now too. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you know, we have, and with that comes conflict with kids like that. You know, we know each other so well. You know, and there's been examples of this this week. And uh, you just you don't let them kids abuse that relationship with you. You yeah. know, we're we're so close and we're so tight, but there's still got to be. You still got to know what your role is that we're, we're telling you what to do for the goodness of the team. Right. And it's not always just your personal intentions, you know, and the kids do a really good job of that where, where there's a lot of personalities on the team. Yeah. You know, there, there is, there's a lot of personalities and a lot of kids that are different, but like something that gives me chills thinking about, and I talked about it, I saw before the game in Weatherford, like, Two of our kids, they're constantly like they're beefing throughout the week. They're always <laughs> competing with each other, bumping heads. I see them on the field before the game, slapping hands, getting ready to go. Every kid's like that. When it's time to play, mindsets change. It's the whole team well, pulling we, on the same chain. And, and, in the, and in the three or four weeks that we've done this podcast, we've talked about how good it is for you guys that y'all are coaching and we are looking at good kids. Yeah. Um, for the most part, I mean – this year we haven't really had any distractions of, you know, kids getting suspended, doing the wrong things and things like that. I mean, so you're talking about good kids good that come from good families and things like that. And that makes it that makes y'all's job probably a little bit easier yes. because you're not having to, you know, fool with the bad apple and some of that type of stuff. And I mean, you know, we're one detention away from having the from having a bad apple. But I mean at the end right now, it seems like everybody's bought in and, and kind of that's that's kind of progressing that way. So I mean that makes it I would assume for you guys a little bit easier too. Yeah, absolutely. Like we don't, 
I say this a lot too, like we don't have the problems of kids not coming to practice or having right. to go pick them up out of bed and stuff like that. Like the kids are going to get there and the parents do a good job. Like we have a great parent community, you know, who understand. And like you can have kids that have parents that are active at home, but if they don't understand like right. what it takes. And I have to be at this practice no matter what. Like there's no other option. I got to be there, right. you know, and you get parents that grow up in the football league, the youth football league and understand things like that. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah. For you, you know? well, and that's why I made that comment earlier. When we congratulate you. Know, it, it, it takes a village. I mean, yes. Being a good football team, being a good basketball team, wrestling, whatever, whatever it is. I mean, you've got to have buy-in from all levels. I mean, the kid, the kid can be bought in, but, you know, if he's a 13, 14-year-old kid without a ride and mom and daddy's, you know, not want, willing to bring him to practice and you can't do it, I mean, that's a, that, that's a problem. Um, so, I mean, right now we've got buy-in from coaches. We've got buy-in from administration, yep. which is great because, obviously, that's where it kind of starts. Um, you got buy-in right now, obviously, from the community. Um, then your coaching staff to players to their players' families and things like that. I mean, it's a pretty cool thing to watch. No, hundred percent. I think I think it is. And one thing that you know that I caught on to, like even in the military, as kids, you know, the, you know the, the younger kids, the way they was raised, you could tell. You know, like you, know, you probably don't have the sense of urgency you should have. Right. right. Yeah. So so sometimes it's it's nothing against. I don't want this to sound bad, uh, but it's nothing against. Sometimes it's not. It's not the kids, you know. They're, no, they just they no. just don't. Their parents just don't. Understand. It's parents, you yeah, know. Yeah. They just don't understand. Like yeah. there should be a sense of urgency. It's not just a sport. You got to take it as seriously as you would your grades. And sometimes there's a correlation between the grades and the effort they put out on the field too. Agreed. You know, oh, one hundred percent. You know, what I mean, it's, yeah. it's just one of them things, man. I think so. Sometimes at a, at a at a younger age, you're not only coaching kid but you're you're coaching parents that's too. the hardest thing to do that's the hardest interaction i have as a coach is having to coach the parents you know and you have to do that and like i truly believe one of the reasons we won a state championship this year is i was able to trust my village more than ever yeah you know and i really really did that and i had to like yeah. It almost it almost took me to the grave a couple of years ago being able to do everything myself and just kind of head down trying right. to do that you know and uh being able to trust my village and, and trust that these people are doing the right things was was night and day for us. Yeah, it's know? a blessing to have a you know have a have a Ryan Donnelly. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, dude. You know what I mean? That that's a blessing, man. We had him on the podcast, man. It was it was great to kind of. I thought it was great just to pick his brain, man. You yeah, know, I hope that's what Ryan is. He's a coach of the parents, man. If, <laughs> if you need, if you need someone to coach some parents' asses up, it's going to be Ryan, and yeah. uh, they need to listen to him because the man's done a lot of things right when it comes to that. Because yeah. he's got two tremendous boys that uh, I don't know. I put a lot of stock in. I'll, yeah, I trust him with a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, Brody D, dog. <laughs> yeah, it's a <laughs> man. I've never wanted to. Hug a kid and tackle him at the same time. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. a great kid, man. Him and Colin both are really great kids. I mean, they really did a good job. They um, did, man. They did. And they did a good job of when things didn't go right for them, like growing up in athletics, not uh, giving them any excuses. Just telling them to work That's harder. the biggest thing. I mean, just, just telling from, them to work from, harder. You know, it's never yeah. your coach's fault. It's never your teammate's fault. Like, work harder. Even when it was their teammate's fault, like even telling your kids to work harder. Is a, is a great mindset to give them. Well, and I mean, you give you give the kid. Hey, I mean, okay, you're you're you know, I understand. You can you can 
talk to the kid. You know, I understand that your teammates, then you got to work harder because they got to follow somebody. Yes. So part of the reason maybe your teammates didn't work as hard is because they saw you slacking off a little or something. Um, because, I mean, like I said, a lot of kids, and I mean, I, kudos to you guys for being coaches and things like that because kids these days are way different than what than, – I don't know your age exactly, Cody, but I mean, from when I was playing, I mean, and like I said, you look back at the Michael Jordan deal. I mean, Michael Jordan got cut from his yeah. high school basketball team and his mom told him, well, I guess you got to work harder. You know, she didn't say, hey, let's transfer. Hey, let's, you know, let's find another school. Uh, let, let me go talk to the administration. She told him work harder. And, you know, and that ultimately led to him being one of the greatest athletes of all time. Yeah. Um, and you, you learn more from your defeats and your failures than you do from your wins. Wins are great. But, the, I mean, those first two games of the year, I mean, going kind of bringing it full circle back to football, the first two games of the year, did we really find out much about Elgin football? We can execute on offense at high level and we're yeah. pretty good on defense. But we have no idea what we can do when our backs are against the wall. Not saying our backs are against the wall against Weatherford because, I mean, we did, even though, you know, we weren't up as much as we wanted to at halftime, I mean, we did face a little bit of adversity. Got to take a little bit of a break, go to the locker room, recompose ourselves, and came out and kicked ass in the second half. So, I mean, that shows some. And, I mean, we learned more in the Weatherford game than we did. The score was, you know, just as lopsided as the other ones. But, I mean, we probably learned more in that game than we did in the first two. And, I mean, that that's what kids, I don't think, today's age, and it's not necessarily the kids, the parents want to, you know. They need to see their baby on Facebook doing the best. You know, yeah, yeah it's competition. They need that immediate gratification yeah. of it, yeah. and that's so hard. Wrestling is like one of them sports where, like, when kids start, like they can get the piss beat out of them, right? You know, depending on what type of kid you are, and you can teach kids successful things right off the bat to win them some matches. And we do that with some kids. You know, we don't send kids out there to just to get killed, but right. like. You, you've got to build that foundation and, and teach them that, like, hey, you're not going to have instant success. And that kind of leads to, like, what we were talking about with the, the kids. Like, it's the greater it's the greater vision. Like, you're going to have things go wrong in your life, and they're not going to be fair. Like, what are you going to do about it? Right. Are you going to turn it down and not provide for your family? Right. You know, are you going to be that dude when you're 40 years old that turns it down? No, I was taught that at a young age in, in youth athletics, or I was taught right. that in junior high or high school or – Whoever by a coach that instilled that into me, you know. Well, even some of the best dynasties and some of the best teams that there are, and you think of college, professional sports, things like that, they had they could never get over that hump. Yeah. At some point, you know, Bulls couldn't beat Pistons. You know, Patriots kind of lost some some games early and in and in, in things like that. I mean, you know, us losing to Guthrie last year. I mean, we got there. Yep. So now we kind of taste it. So now you know you grow from that. I mean, you don't. I mean, very rarely do you just start on top of the hill. You got to find your way. You got to find your way up there, and you get slid down a couple little rings here and there. But it makes it that much more rewarding when you get to the top to say, "Okay, I know, you know, I know what it's like to be at the bottom too." So yeah. I like feedback off that. And uh, no, Coach Rowe, you you know, as a I don't I hate to say like giving parents advice, you know, because some people are going to take that wrong. No, because they'll never take it. They'll never take it unless it's from them. You yeah. know, and you got to spin it to them like that sometimes. Right, right, right. You know, uh, you know what you said was was, was perfect there. But as, as far as it goes, like you know, advice for parents. You know, like uh, I kind of talked to you this about today, and you gave me some good advice on how to approach kids when they're trying to get out on the field. We have had a close game. You know, I understand everybody wants to play, 
You know what I mean? Uh, some, sometimes, I mean, being new to the coaching football and wrestling is kind of cut and dry. You know what I mean? The football, it's, it's not as cut and dry. You know what I mean? But, but you gave me some advice today that made it more cut and dry for me. You know, can you right now do better than the person's out there? You know what I mean? Uh, can you, can you kind of talk about that and maybe give some advice to parents instead of making it, you know, pointing fingers? What can they tell their kid to make them do better? Uh, and like the situation you're talking about, I was talking to you and Hayden about kids on the sideline during seventh and eighth grade games, just constantly asking to get, yeah, can I get it, yeah. you know, and like that's, and, and, you know, people want to be like, well, that's annoying, blah, blah, blah. And I get that. But like, that's a good thing. That's a good yeah, thing. That means they want to be out. There. It does. And like, just not knowing how to handle it and maybe cut it off before it gets to a parent who doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah. Maybe you approach that kid in a way that. Will make you probably uncomfortable as a coach uh, initially, but you just go to them and you have an honest conversation and be like, "Hey, this game right now, zero to zero, we're in overtime. Are you better than this guy in front of you? Can the team depend on you to get this done?" And then if they don't give you an answer, you know, you just start going. Have you been at this practice? Have you right. done this? Have you done that? Give them a list in a proper way. You don't have to get on them and embarrass them in right. front of everybody. Right. You know, you just you have an honest conversation with them and be like, "Hey, here's what you do to get better." You know, and we have parents email us, call us all the time. Why isn't my kid getting in and right. stuff? We invite them in, say, hey, your kid's this, this, and this. They're not doing this as good as this person. We want us to put the film on and show you an example, you know? Hey, you, we, yeah, parents come to the games. Yes. A lot of parents yeah. don't come to the practice. So ultimately what happens, so JV or whatever day y'all play, what happens on, let's say the JV game's on Thursday, whatever happens on Monday through Wednesday is who's going to, play on Thursday. Yeah. And, you know and, what I'm saying? So, I mean, if you miss Monday or you miss Tuesday, you're already behind the eight ball. But if you're there the entire time, like you said, I mean, if you're not putting in – and not saying that the kid might be putting in 100% effort, but if Billy's better than Tommy, Billy's going to play. Um, yeah. And that's, that's the way – life works that's the way the world works and things like that and i mean yeah we we love the games when everybody can play and yes and you know yeah, yeah. but once you get to jv once you get to varsity once you it's no longer hey every kid like going on a baseball tournament every kid has to bat every kid has to play an inning it, it doesn't require that so at the end of the day and coaches so, yes. i mean you guys i mean at the end of the day you this is y'all's profession Winning ball games and some of them, maybe not necessarily on the JV level, but I mean, winning, but I mean, you're also preparing kids to the varsity level. I mean, you're putting the kids that are, that are, the, that are in the best positions to help you win because ultimately, I mean, it's also how you, it's your job. Family. It is. It's it your is. job. It I mean, truly that's, is. I mean, yeah, if we, if we would love as coaches, we'd love to play every single kid that, that's on the team that makes an effort that's there every day and things like that. But I mean, that's just, the, in seventh uh, grades, where they really start, but was where they really start figuring that out. Either you yeah. haven't played before, or you grew up in a youth system where everybody got to play. You know, and that's there's a time and place for that. Yeah. You know, but do you grow out of that mindset? You know, and seventh grade, yes, we're trying to win games. You know, we're going to try to have the development of the kids spot on, but we need to win games. You know, you need to let them know that we're we're doing everything we can to win games for you. Right. You know, and, and kids appreciate that. And like back to one more thing on that, Coach Wyatt said something really, really good this week. Said, you know, any kid that wants to, our parent that wants to have a meeting about playing time, tell them absolutely, but make them bring the kid with you. Yeah. Like the kid has to be in, in that meeting. And and nine times out of ten, the kid won't want to be in on that meeting. You won't have because the kid, yeah, the kid because doesn't the kid want to tell. The kid knows. The kid knows yeah. why they're playing. 
and why they're not playing. That's great. You know? And uh, that's great advice he picked up from another coach and uh, like little things like that are, are good things to pick up on. And uh, I like it. It's cool. Well, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, the, the kid knows. Yes, the kid. Yeah, and then the kid may be literally at home going, but dad or mom, but mom, you know, uh, I mean, because they're too embarrassed to tell. They're that. they're too they're too embarrassed to tell mom like I'm not as good as that person. Um, but yeah, I mean that 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 I've never heard that before, but that's phenomenal advice because, it like you said, is. I mean. And then, especially if you pull out the tape, yep, because the eye in the sky never lies. <laughs> so no. I mean, it is what it is. No, and uh, football is where you really get a lot of that. You know, just because it's one of them sports where you know it might be subjective to somebody who's better. You know, yeah. And in wrestling, it, well, you got eleven people. You got eleven people yes. on the field at, at once. So it's like, well, why can't on this play, Johnny? Why can't I sneak guard? on the sideline? You know, right. and I get that crap a lot. Like from people. we're in overtime. And, and, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I get you know, it about like certain you kids get hurt that, too. Like, yes, that, like, <laughs> don't need to be on the field. You know, right. and uh, it's my job just to be like, yo, I ain't gonna put you out there to get killed or to get somebody else killed. Right, and like. I don't know. I carry that all the way down to first and second grade football. Yeah. You know, maybe because my baby's playing quarterback back there. <laughs> but like, I would do that for any other kid. I did it for the first grade quarterback last year. My kid was blocking for him, and you know, I made sure that those kids know like you have an extreme responsibility out there. You know, yeah, to block and do your job. To do your job, you know, and you start teaching them at a young age. And trust me, I never thought I'd be able to teach a first and second grader how to do that. I thought it was too young to start playing football. Yeah, I wasn't really bought in. Kid begged me to do it, and then got into it, and it's been like the best thing I've ever done. It's uh, it's made me a better coach. It's taught me to handle kids better, and it's just been like an outlet, kind of. You know, I don't like not look forward to going to that. It's cool. You know, it's fun. So, like, so, so take it, it looks crazy, like, but it's be, fun. Before we get into the player, this game, players of the game, and things like that, take me through that because I mean, all right, so. You're a man of many hats. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're, you're you're a dad of what three? Yeah. I mean, you're you're coaching the first and second grade team. You're head wrestling coach. You're varsity assistant. You're seventh and eighth grade. You know what? I mean, where's the where? How does your do you live thirty hours and all of us live twenty four a day? I mean, how does that man, work? My, my support staff is great. Like my wife is <laughs> fantastic. Like she carries the burden, you know, of a lot of things, and I couldn't do it without her, you know. But also just like the flexibility within our coaching staff. Like not very many head football coaches would let me come in and do the things that I do. You know, mm-hmm. talking to, just being at practice the way I am, being in and out. You know, I'm there. But I also have a responsibility to run my seventh hour wrestling. You know, I have my off season wrestling. I have to get those kids at practice in, and then come October first, you know, I have to start actual wrestling practice till four thirty every day. You know, I just catch the tail end of practice. I know the game plan, know what's going on, but you know, I'm just I'm there to do what I'm supposed to do, glue everybody together, and and be there and be supportive. But as far as like putting everything together, it, it's it's fun just because it, it keeps me. It keeps me grounded, like to make sure I'm doing everything right. I can't have any slip ups in my day, or like things aren't gonna go right. And I'm not gonna be. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to like do things that my kids need me to do for me, yeah. you know. And uh, like the coolest thing, like I, I able, I'm able to do, and like I challenge myself to do is have that Friday night mentality, but then go in there and coach some Saturday morning kids, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and to carry that same like mentality, but know who I'm talking to. Like when I coach my kid, I can't. 
I can't have like negative body language or negative expressions because he feeds off my emotions. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, and he knows you better than everybody. Yeah, he's eight years old. <laughs> you know, he can do that. You know, he yeah. has that right to do that until he gets older. And uh, I don't know. I just I, I try and I challenge myself as a coach to be able to do those things. And sometimes I don't, man. Sometimes I do a <laughs> shitty job of it. And uh, I don't know. I just trying to do less times like that. And the support staff helps it all. You know, wow. just being able to do that and like. My friendship with Derek helps out tremendously because, like, even he's there on the sidelines 9 a.m. Saturday morning when you need any help, need me yeah. to do this, do that. Like, he don't have anything until fifth grade. Really. <laughs> right, know? right, right. That's just, like, I have friends like that that are great, you know, Nate, Derek, you know, um, Jack Baker, you know, he comes and coaches my kids in wrestling and comes to all those youth practices. People don't know that, like, during football season, like, high school football season we start youth wrestling you know and like i'm running night practices till nine o'clock at night running all these groups and his son comes in and wrestles and he comes in and runs novice practice with me and coaches all these kids you know and he gets the trade off of my interaction i have a great interaction with his son you know me and him get along well i'm able to coach him and talk to him but like he gets that but i get the greatness of having jack baker in there coaching all those right. kids you know on a freaking tuesday night where we're he's going, to, we're going to play macarthur on thursday oh, right. you know right. but he's in there sacrificing his time and like that's that's cool man that's uh to have people that want to invest back into me when you talk it, and you talk about the burden and the blessing of having a small staff yeah. and that's one of the blessings of it you know, guys are you guys are you know lockstep and key all together uh, on the same page and and like I said you guys been around a lot of coaching staffs in my life and whatever else but you guys are probably the closest knit the cool. that I've ever been around and and then, then like I said y'all even invite you know us lowly people sometimes in as well to, to kind of get a glimpse of it and it's a pretty cool deal that y'all got going the coolest thing and like I believe this man I think we all like believe each other believe in each other as coaches so much like we want each other I want to I want them to coach my kids you know yeah I want them to be invested in my kids because I believe what they're doing and I think they believe the same way with me you know and when you invest in each other like that and you hold each other accountable as a staff you know that's that's when you start getting good things happening and that's why we're successful right now I believe before we get exactly. into the players of the week, man, I, I need uh, – this is a story. I don't know if, how many people you've told this story, but uh, it's a story. I get emotional talking about dad, so if I break down, I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> it's a story you told me about your dad, and I believe it was your freshman year. You what you didn't make it to state. Yeah. And uh, your, your dad took you to watch state. Yeah, like my freshman year, it was just like I was doing everything I could to qualify the state tournament you know and that's and you're from duncan from right? duncan okay, okay. yeah and you know i'm like the only freshman on the team i'm just trying to make it don't make it and the next weekend they're all wrestling up there i don't want to go i don't want to do anything my dad makes me go sit in the stands and watch the state finals you know and like i'm in the stands crying because i'm so pissed off i want to be down there wrestling you know, but you're learning from that. Yes. Time. And like at the time, I hate him going to talk to him. <laughs> right, like, right, right. Dude, I don't want to be here. It eats me up. And even like today, if I get beaten something, like I don't want to go watch that shit the next day. Like right. I don't want to be involved in it. Like I'm salty. Right. But uh, that taught me, you know, like, dude, you don't ever want to feel like this again. And like something that always replays in my head, like is, is that. And then just like. When I was wrestling, it was like, all right, I can go out and do everything I can and almost die on this mat and win, or I wake up a loser tomorrow morning and I have to deal with that. And like the mentality of having that and having to wake up with like a loss on my head 
used to motivate the shit out of me. Take me, before we get into that, just because I'm going to piggyback mm-hmm. on that, take me through, for those that don't know you that well and things like that. Okay, so you <clears throat> you wrestle at Duncan, then where do you, where you wrestle in, you wrestle in college, right? Yeah, I wrestled at UCO in Edmond. Okay. And uh, wrestled five years there. It was all Three-time American. state champion. All yeah, I was a three-time state champion. So, like, my sophomore year, I went back and, dude, like, before regionals, I was just trying to qualify again. I was the sixth seed going, or the, yeah, I was the five seed. Rest of the four seed, upset him, upset the one seed, make it into the regional finals, get beat. Awesome, make it to state. And then the next weekend, make it into the state finals. You know, I beat the number one from the other side, senior. And then I was losing eight to one in the state, or seven to one in the state finals. Ended up coming back and winning 10 to seven, like with six seconds left. So you're sophomore, junior, and senior at Duncan. You win yeah. state and you're. Way to be okay, yeah, gotcha. And then, and then UCO, UCO, and then we won a team championship in like 2007, my true freshman year or my, my redshirt freshman year. And then I was an All American my senior year in 2010, got eighth at nationals, top eight All American. So it was sick, dude. I went to nationals my senior year, 15 and 15 was my record. Like, didn't really anybody expect me to qualify. My brother was the 125 pounder at the team at the time, and like. I don't know. He was kind of the one where we was like, all right, man, he's going to go make it. And I'm just trying to end my career the right way. And I ended up upsetting some kids and making it to nationals. And uh, then at nationals, I was kind of happy to be there, but ended up losing my first match, winning my second one, and then had a defending national champion on the backside and upset him, which was cool, man. And I got to All-American my senior year. And it was like, that was cool, but like it kind of changed my trajectory in life a little bit i felt like you know it gave me like a different level of confidence and did you roll directly in the coaching after that or no i did okay. medical sales for six, ah, six years okay you know and uh sold joint replacements in the hospitals yep. traveled around and uh it was cool my connections to wrestling got me into that yeah you know, i knew a lot of people yeah. and i got a bunch of buddies that i played college football with that, that yeah and it, it was a right good avenue that. as a single man but like and it taught me a lot of things and i had to go through a lot of things in life in that period to get where I'm at, like as a man and like everything. And uh, so I wouldn't change it, but like maybe should have jumped on that coaching train a little earlier. And yeah. then like 2015, when I was still doing that, I lay coached at Deer Creek for one year, coached wrestling out there with Andy Howington, who's at Marlowe now. And then uh, the next year got got out, got into teaching, had, had Waylon, you know, had my yeah. first kid, got out of that, took the job at Elgin. So my, me and my brother applied for the same job. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's kind of underselling his uh, national championship bracket, though. <laughs> like, he had uh, Kamara Usman in his bracket. Yeah, Kamara yeah. Usman won my weight that year, uh, UFC, UFC champion. champion. Yeah. And uh, I wrestled him at home one time in front of the whole UCL crowd. He gave me a whooping, but <laughs> I didn't know I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I wish there was video of it. There was some cool stuff that went on in that match, but looking back at it now, like there was a lot of a lot of good kids in that weight, and yeah, to have one of the best pound for pound fighters ever, yeah, got to wrestle him, got to do combat with him, right. you know, it's cool and like a really weird connection there. His high school coach was my wife's uncle. Yeah, he's from uh, Bowie, Texas, and my yeah. wife's uncle coached him down in Bowie. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. It's a small world. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it is. It really world. is. Which is like, like you know, when I when I found out, you know, like who your coach was and stuff like that, you know, the brags, 
You know, his brother, Larry, was my first wrestling coach. You know, I learned a lot from him, you know, as well, especially coming up to the youth program. And Yeah, you know, like, even I, I had coaches that even, like, probably one of my biggest, just before we get into the players again, I know we want to talk about that, but, like, a coach that I don't talk about a lot was my track coach. Well, was like, his name was Joe Harper, and he was, dude, he was, he's the most fantastic man, and I don't, like, really keep up with him nowadays, Facebook, here and there, but always involved in my wrestling always and every i ran hurdles you know i qualified for state one year in hurdles you know i was just there to go to track meets you know it was, it was fun. <laughs> right, right. yeah but uh just always gave me like a supreme confidence you know as like a slow white kid running the hurdles like just running through the hurdles you know not really going over them but like gave me a supreme confidence and it just helped carry over into other sports you know and oh, yeah. like that's I think that helps me coach other kids that are not involved with wrestling, you know, and just yeah. uh, give them that confidence to no matter what you're doing, this coach is invested. Like he didn't have to invest into me, you know, because I wasn't helping him tremendously on the track team, you know, but like he was invested in me as a person and, Every, and that was tremendous. Everybody that played sports at a decently level through high school has some sort of coach that, you know, impacted them in some sort of way through life. I mean, yeah. we talk about it all, you know, my father-in-law, okay, sounds great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was my high school football coach, but it was <clears throat> Bill Babin was a baseball coach of mine that coached a group of kids that on a traveling baseball team when we were 14 or 15 years old. Spent four months of my entire life with the man, but he probably taught me more about me as a person than anybody ever in my life. Because uh, I was a shit when I was a 14, 15 year old kid. I mean, I thought I was God's gift to, you know, creation. I mean, I was, you know, a very good athlete and everybody told me I was. And, everybody, and he was the first one that was like, you're a great athlete, but you're an asshole. <laughs> you know? That was when I was like 20. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, I continued on with it. I continued, I mean, I continued on with it until I was probably 30. Um, but looking back at some of the things that he taught me and told me and whatever, I mean, to this day, when I go when I go back to New Orleans, I mean, I always find a way he's an attorney. Now. He was an attorney then. He's an attorney now. And part of the, part of the reason I became an attorney at one point in my life was was through him. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I said, and spent five months total because it was an it was a it was a select travel type ball team so it wasn't like he was my coach for years and years and years and this that and the other literally five months of my entire life and he made such a huge impact on me um and i mean i like i said any any athlete any any kid that you know sports means the world to him and things like that you know you'll find those type of kids and like you said random track coach wasn't your sport of choice and whatever else but he made a huge impact on you so that's a pretty cool deal yeah that's like those there's two things like they don't ever understand. I, I mean, as coaches, like something I try to remember is like the smallest interactions can make a difference right. with kids. It really can, you know, because they do with me as an adult. So I know with kids, they can like the smallest interaction can make that. But because well, right now they're so impressionable. Yes. And then like if you make the right impact, like you can make a generational impact on them. Right. Too. Like that not only gave you that great life lessons and motivations, but I'm sure you take that into your fatherhood. Yeah, make it make, makes me a better businessman, makes me a better father, makes me better everything. I mean, yeah. on top of it. I mean, like I said, I mean, and and it 
actual, you know, days spent with him coaching me five months of my entire life. And I mean, that's just huge, huge impact on the way that I go about life, the way that I think about certain things, the way, you know, you know, I was a cocky, selfish, self-absorbed 14, 15 year old kid. Um, and he was the first one ever that like made me realize it. Yeah. Um, and it made me, it, it, it did change me, um, for the better in my, I, I hope, I mean, I'm still cocky, but I like to say it's confidence now. Man. <laughs> so let's, uh, well, let's jump into the players of yeah. the week against Weatherford. And, uh, I want to start with Andre Crabtree. Andre Crabtree. Yeah. I don't know why I have trouble saying that. He would have been a fantastic wrestler. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> and I want to start with him because I think he would have been a fantastic wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love them both, man. Both kids are great kids. No, go ahead. Uh, they, uh, like pound for pound with their strength, they'd have been freaky in wrestling because they're freaky strong. And I know athletically they'd have been fine. But, yeah, they're they're fantastic kids, too. Like, it's just – I'm so proud to see him having success. You know, he hasn't been a kid that – I've directly coached every single year, but I've seen him since he was a goofy little fifth grader, you know, or fourth grader or whatever, third right. grader probably with that group, you know. And so. Andre got defensive player of the week, correct? Yeah. Okay. Just kind of level set that for the audience yeah. out there. Yeah, he's a force out there at outside linebacker, man. He uh, He's like a kid where we put him out there and we don't have to really – I don't – Throughout the game, I don't ever hear anybody saying, all right, Andre's getting beat there. Right. Andre, this is happening. Well, he's in the wrong spot. Or it's just Andre's that. doing his job. Yeah. You know, Andre's doing his job, and that's a lot to be said. That's how Toby Parker was last year. You know, we never really talked about Toby Parker because Toby Parker was on his own island with somebody out there, and he was going to do his job. Right. You know, and uh, Andre's the same. He's a great kid. We've seen him put in the work. You know, he didn't come to us like the best gifted athlete in junior high. He wasn't very coordinated and like not to it just he was a typical junior high kid you know and he had to grow into grow his, his body, body you know he's a big featured kid that took him a while to grow into those feet you know it took him a while to get out of the stance for a while but now like he's one of the most explosive kids we have and that's a that's cool to see the progression you know people need to know that that happens here like we don't just get fantastic athletes and like we've had no I mean tremendous strength coaches Bo Bethard was tremendous for uh, both the crab trees like, and he's tremendous for a lot of our kids, you know, and I want to make sure that's always said, like Lance does a fantastic job and there's no drop off right there, but like Bo was great for us and he really helped these kids get stronger and teach them how to lift, you know, the proper way. What about a uh, little homie special teams, Bryce Martin, brother? <laughs> Bryce yes. Martin, man, uh, I have some of the best stories in the world with Bryce Martin, some of the most frustrating times ever <laughs> with him, but also like. Oh, I've had some high moments with him. You know, yeah. him placing it stay. All right, so what? Is so, what does he wrestle at? He wrestled he at 106 like, last year. 106 okay, so I'm about to say he can't weigh more than 120. Yeah, okay. and 106 pounds is a small kid. Yeah, he's a small high school kid. You know, but like he came to us last year about 115 out of football season. You know, okay. and then got down to weight naturally the right way. But he's a kid that did not have a ton to lose to begin with. So it always had to be stayed on top of. So he struggled with it throughout the season, yeah. you know, all the I'm way just through. Just getting to 106. I mean, like you said, it's got to be different. Yeah, it was. And uh, he, uh, shoot, he went in and placed third at state. Like, it was crazy. Like, people didn't think he was going to qualify for state. Right. You know, at one point. And then he breezed through there, whooped everybody. Over, over. What have we chosen? But 
Good. He overcame like some adversity that was crazy just throughout the tournament, like winning matches, beating kids he wasn't supposed to, making freaking weight, you know, right, because yeah. the night before a tournament, he's four pounds over, you know, I was up till one in the morning running with him, up at five in the morning with him running, you know, making sure he's doing things. And you have those struggles with the kid, you see it happen. And then you like, you envision, like I envisioned that moment, like being able to happen, like, Cody, why are you getting up at five in the morning? He could do this later. And it happened, you know, and it was just cool. Like, but then football, like him out there on special teams, he's the first one down there on kickoff and he will strike you. Yes. When it comes to wrestling, that's what he's great at on his feet. There's not a kid in the state that he can't take down. He can blow almost any kid on our team off their feet up to Colin Donnelly. Just, I mean, just quick strike. Yeah. Just, just his quick trigger and his uh, explosiveness is yeah, because like you said, up in the box, I mean, he's the first one down there every single time. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the way that we directional kick and some of that type of stuff. I mean, they some fair catches and things like that. But he is right there as soon as it happens. And then on top of it, you know, I mean, then he gets out of lane a little on the yep. one. And I mean, you're up 42 nothing. Who's going to really chase down most kids in that situation would have just. Okay, I mean, that's but a I very, think it, very proud moment for me. But I think, but I think also, I mean, I think that's when he kind of looked at it outside of himself and yes. said, you know, we got to we got to shut out here and we're yeah. going to try and keep this thing. I know they punched it in two or three plays later, but and I mean, he's a he's for a, him to chase that down in that type of situation yes. just goes to show a the mindset of all the kids, but also especially him and the coaching that all the kids get. I mean, it was important. Yes. It doesn't matter. So the old mantra of no quarter yeah. didn't matter. It was 42 nothing at that time. I mean, we're not going to let anybody get through that end zone. So I'm going to chase the guy down 60 yards. And Bryce is a kid that starts like on offense or defense for a lot of teams in our. Yeah, because he's a very district. good running back. And he just happens to be behind some really good like kids like Trey Harris out of corner is a yeah. fantastic corner. And like Bryce is right there with him, you know, yeah. just Trey's good and he's a senior and he gets the job done, you know. And hey, Bryce's time's going to come. Yes, he's, what, he's a sophomore. He's a sophomore. Yeah, and then so running he's, back, he's great. But shoot, you got Ritson and Matt. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think his time's going to come at corner. I think I think he will be. I think he will be a follow, uh, I think he will be a solid corner next year, kind of replacing. And that's where he's, um, he's finding, like, where can I add value on yeah. the team, you know? And, I, and, and I, that's what our kids understand. And I don't like, think he would be that. a huge drop-off if something no. were to happen to Trey. No, he Because uh, I know they were in a battle in the offseason and things like that. Um, Trey, Trey did a good job of solidifying that position. He's done a great job since he's gotten yes. in there. But Bryce is, like I said, and it's also kind of a kind of a caveat and kind of backtracking on some of the earlier stuff that we said. So he lost the position, not lost the position, but that was one of the only competitions that there was in the offseason. He lost it. He's running, he's the first one down there on every special teams. He's the first one doing everything that you ask of him now being a backup, where, you know, some kids, oh, I didn't win the starting job, I'm out of here, I'm transferring. Yeah. Um, and that just testament of coaching staff and, and the type of kids and families and things like that as well. Because I know what Bryce Martin's made of, because I've coached him since he was in. Fourth grade with that group, yeah. Grade, you know, I know what he's made of. I know what he's capable of. And I love when and when he does get the opportunity to run the ball. I like I like what I see. I mean, I think he's got a chance to be a decent running back. Yep. But like I said, right now, I mean, he's stuck behind potentially the all time leading rusher in school history, and then a 
freak of an athlete. The guy that's going to try to do it again. <laughs> yeah, the freak of an athlete in Ritson. And then, I mean, you get, so, I mean. If you want to see a battle in wrestling practice, I used to make Dax watch Bryce Martin and Talon Tadnipa. In, in wrestling practice, because these two kids would battle like you wouldn't believe. I was like, okay, I can see that. And you got to practice like so it. small and quick twitch and athletic. talent. It, talent, it's incredible to watch them. Talent, like I said, I, I've only seen talent play football, but I mean, in the limited carries that he's had as a runner, yes, very quick twitch. It's freaky. It, like, it is. It is. It is his feet um, and the way that he runs um, naturally. Just very natural when he runs as a running back. Um, different than Matt and Ritson. Yeah. It's a different, it, different it's tempo. More instinctive. <laughs> it's more instinctive. Yes. Um, Matt's just so fast that everything he does is, you know, Tasmanian devil to a certain degree. Yes. Um, but Matt has grown as a running back in the last couple of years. And then Ritson is more power than anything. And, 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 but like I said, talent, there's just some about it. It's a little bit different that, it, that it's fun to watch. Um, like I said, I know it's been in some situations with not much time left on the clock, but it's fun to watch him run. Cause like I said, it seems like he's almost like the most instinctive of, of the three of them. Um, it kind of glides that, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a different kind of look. So I'm curious to see, he's a freshman to see kind of how he grows into his body a little and, because, I mean, Matt grew into his body a ton yes. in the last three years. Ritson's starting to, as weird as it is to say, Ritson's starting to get rid of some of that baby fat and growing into his body. Um, and and so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of where talent goes from here. But Bryce Martin's going to be – Bryce Martin's not going to give that spot up easy either. Oh, no, man. Um, that's a, that's and, battle and that, practice, man. They're going to battle on the field, yeah, dog. Yeah. It's going to be all up, too. You know what I mean? And then, and then you got Antuna who went 77 yards against Anadarko oh, yeah. without a problem either. So They're really talented the, in that the running, Yeah, the running back room The running back room is, is, in, a good, is in a good spot. Yeah, it, it very much is. <laughs> Let's jump into Shopping Your Axe Awards, Chase Spencer. Yeah, Shea Spencer, uh, I like – Shea's probably one of the best athletes I've ever coached, like natural athleticism. You know, it's crazy. It. And uh, just – like, I haven't seen him do the freakiest things on the wrestling mat, like athleticism-wise, but just the way I've seen him adapt into his body because, like, he started wrestling at a young age and body did not agree with wrestling. You know, he's kind of short fat kid that got picked on by kids that were more mature at that age, but then to see him grow into it and then to come back into it the way he did this year. And uh, just to see his development as a person, but more like, more like his development mentally is what's been fantastic with him, you know, and that's what's like caught everything up with that freaky athleticism he has yeah. you know is this mentally you know we're not worrying about Shea taking plays off or Shea not doing conditioning you know which is some of the battles we kind of had at first you know with a young kid growing up going through things like that you know and I'm sure he'll even say that himself but as a coaching staff we stayed consistent coaching him like that and he grew through that but like athleticism he's he's freaky off the chart man and he's He's not very big, like he's 220 pounds, but he looks huge out there. He, he looks down. huge. He looks huge out there. And then playing that right tackle, like I said, everybody wrote, everybody goes to Keith and Jace because, I mean, they're both phenomenal football players and, and, you know, they look the part of your prototypical offensive alignment and things like that. But talking to some in, – being involved with OSN and stuff like that and talking to some of 
coaches around the state, coaches around the district, state, and things like that. They said, what's making us a little bit different this year is you've got a freaking athlete also on the right side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, and that, moving him from allow allowing him to move from center to tackle has probably solidified our offensive line a lot better than most people think or talk about. Um, because when he gets out there on some of those counters and some of that type of stuff, and then on pass blocking, because he's yeah he's only two twenty five, two thirty or whatever, but because of his feet and his athletic ability, it's it's. Okay. Freaky. He can block in space. Really he can well, jock and he can block in space very, very well. So it it's a good counter to the big, huge left side that we have. That we have that ability to also have that one on the side. And then just to talk about last week, he definitely by far played his best game on the defensive yeah. side of the ball. I mean, he was he Jack's always in the backfield, so you kind of you kind of get used to that and you kind of expect that. Right. But Shea was in there every single play and making big plays, big hits. And uh, so he definitely deserved that award this week. And, and like I said, I mean, he's done a great job in the offensive line. He's done a great job in the offensive line in the last couple of years. But his that Weatherford game was his kind of coming out party as a defensive lineman, in my opinion, because it just – it just – it shows what, <clears throat> what he's capable of. And if he can play – that every week with Jack and Jace, it's scary. Yes. Um, because then it allows Ritson and Colin to do whatever they want. Because Jace holds up two or three people. People don't understand that. That's five that, you just said right there. Five best in the state, I feel like, man. I mean, when, Defensive, when those – Defensively, like if you put a five <clears throat> core together right there, that's a big statement. There's a lot of good players out there. And I, hell, I don't know everybody, but, like, I'll take my – But when you, took, right when, there you, into war, when, you like, talk, when you talk about a unit – yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, there may be a defensive end out there in the state that, you know, that's getting more publicity than Jack and, and Shea and things like that. But when you talk about the, the entire unit, if Shea can play like he did against Weatherford, where Jack continues to progress the way he's progressing and play the way he did, Jay, like I said, Jace, Jace does a lot of unsung stuff on the defense side of all that people don't understand. Yeah. Would Colin and Ritson running free and making those big hits, Colin running free and making the safety on the in Weatherford and and Ritson being all that kind of starts somewhat with Jace because Jace is holding up two or three offensive yeah. linemen sometimes. Yeah, they um, have so to. it allows <laughs> so it allows you know Colin and, and and Ritson to run through there. Colin has gotten so much faster this year that you see it a little bit more this year because yeah. he's able to get sideline to sideline or get to the backfield a little bit faster. Um, but, yeah, if Shea can play like he did against Weatherford, it, it's going to be scary um, moving forward and, and in a good way for us. Yeah. I think Coach Baker did a good job of getting motivated because there was a lot of – There was some talk. There was some talk that happened, you know. Smoke and, and mirrors. It, smoke and mirrors, <laughs> you know. And, and not – and, you know, I know Jack's not on uh, the list this week, but uh, he's always deserving of it, you know. One of the things that, you know – Bugged him because he wasn't in the top ten. You know what I mean for defensive ends. You know what I mean. And so Coach Baker made a big deal. I just talked to him like that. I think uh, Jack's problem. I think I think Jack's problem is you know when you look at on paper, you're never going to put a hundred and what is he? 175 pounds. Yeah, 180 pound defensive end. You're just not going to do it on paper as, and and it's unfortunate because if you watch a game. 
there's not many defensive ends that affect the game as much as Jack Angel. If if there's two or three in the state, I'd be surprised that affect an entire game on the on the on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they're they're like I said, there's some kids right now that are committed to Oklahoma. Maybe I think there's one out there maybe committed to Alabama. Yeah, they do a great job. Don't get me wrong, but Jack doesn't take a playoff, and there's kids out there that take plays off. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yeah, that's hell at practice. What a menace at practice. Adam, Adam said the same thing. Adam, 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 Adam. Uh, Coach Castro last week said the same thing. He went to yeah. he went to Coach Baker at, right before the season started last year and said. If Angeli isn't one of the best defensive ends in the state, then I need to be fired because I can't block him. I can't yeah, block him. There's a lot of groaning in the office about right. him, but like that's like a good problem. Yeah. Right. And then Well, but I mean, it goes back to the sharper and the axe deal in that when you're practicing when Jace and Shay are practicing the offensive line. Because I mean, we got a lot of kids that go both ways. When they practice, Jack is one of the kids that don't go both ways. When they practice offensive line, going against Jack helps them. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Not- I walk into the game and I'm going, this dude don't have half what Jack has, or, you know. And that's normally nine times out of ten. Right. I mean, Jason I know we Keith played a good Jason kid. Jason Keith are saying, all right, these, these dudes ain't got and, anything. And, Jack right. Has. <laughs> I mean, I know we played a good kid last, year, last week. And I mean, he's got some offers and things like that. But I mean, that kid did not affect the game the way that Jack did. No, not at all. Not at all. And, and that uh, kid's got offers from, you know. Dude, and I wish, I wish y'all could see that kid in seventh grade try to play football. Jack Angeli, it was crazy. He couldn't, he couldn't get a stance. He, he couldn't, he couldn't <laughs> tie a shoe. Never played before. Like, was trying to play receiver. And just, man, it was ugly. And even, like, until that junior year when he got moved down to the line, like Jack Angeli was not a football player. No, he was not a football player. No, and then, I mean, we just the lights came on and did fortunate flipped. enough. Like as a coaching staff, like we just kept staying after it, trying to find a place for him, using what we got. You know, we knew his mentality. We knew what he was capable of. We knew like he's a solid kid, just a weird body. You know, that's a yeah. weird body right there. But found a way to get it done. Yeah. He's a menace. <laughs> well, let's uh, jump into the next one. Uh, the rough ride of the week, freshman Hudson. Hudson. I like Hudson. Uh, Cody's, I'm sure you're going to talk about this, man. But, you know, Hudson, you know, watched him in wrestling practice, going to some of the big Okay, guys. I didn't know he was a wrestler. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the biggest moments I had watching him practice uh, this year was just, you know, seeing him battle him there with the big dogs, Ritson. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Just watching that heart, the willing not to give up, keep going. So a lot of people, you know, wrestling – Gets rich and they're like, I just assume I'm gonna lose. You know what I mean? Not hood. Nah, you don't mess around. That's like we're fortunate with our wrestling practice. We're able to have junior high kids in there. We just bring them in after school, you know. So like when we were having a full on practice, it's last year it's Hudson in eighth grade, you know. But it's Hudson there with Ritson, Colin, Jace, you know, who at Shay, you know, they're all Hudson's in there as an eighth grader, banging with them kids every day, you know. And uh, a lot of kids come in there and they find different groups to go into. They know not to jump into that one, you know. But like Hudson every day is like, all right, I'm in that one. I'm gonna go get my head stomped in. So my little borderline nephew, Bros, Ambrose, oh, yeah. it, so we kind of keep up with you guys through him yeah. and things like that. Yeah, so we, <laughs> we get to yeah. find out some interesting things there. So Yeah, and like he's just he did a great job of just like, all right, I'm gonna come in here and take my lumps, but I know my role and I'm gonna get better from it. And then it translated into his football season. Like he started knowing 
immediately like we were gonna expect things out of you football wise and he took the same mindset i'll go in there bang with anybody fight with the the biggest dude from the other team whatever it takes and uh I think he graded the highest on the offense line, or, and that's freaking fantastic as a freshman. But, like, it says a lot about the dudes around him, too. They do yeah. a great job of mentoring and being, like, him and Shea are freaking related, you know. So, But, like, like you don't – but – They are, ain't they? Throughout, yeah. the enti- yeah. throughout the entire game, though, like, it never really comes up that he's a freshman. No, no. Because he really doesn't get beat. I mean, he, he does a good job of – like any other offensive lineman, I mean, when you're doing your job, we're not talking about you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, being selfless. Um, and 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 it really, I forget sometimes, and then we kind of roll back into it, and, and during the game sometimes that he's a freshman. Yeah. Um, because everybody else is kind of older. I mean, Keith and Carson, I think, are both seniors. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, you got Jason Che that are juniors, and so you, he kind of gets lost in the shuffle because you talk about a lot of times the Keith and Keith and Jace. And you forget, I mean, he's just a freshman. And he's in there in 5A doing a very good job. And and like I said, you don't – it's not like – we don't see a ton of pressure up the middle. There's no drop-off, you know. There's no drop-off. No drop I mean, off. I, I, like I said, I know he necessarily wasn't going to be the starter coming into the year, but he's done a great job all year of, of just manning his role. And like I said, not being the – the weak link, and and I like I said, knowing that now that he's a wrestler and kind of finding some of that stuff out about him makes sense. Um, and it was cool. Like, he's just a kid. Like I'm, four, I could have fifth and sixth grade PE, so I just started hitting him up in like fifth grade PE. Like, hey, come to wrestling, dude, and teach him some wrestling, keep him involved a little bit, you know, and just not going to all these little youth tournaments and trying to be hardcore about it. Just saying, hey, wrestling's cool. Remember when you get to junior high, let's wrestle, you know. And then seventh grade got him. Bang, he's out there ripping heads off, you know, and he's just always going to have good partners and have he has really good mentorship with the kids, you know. Well, like and the this kids will- do a good job of like not I don't know I don't know how to really explain it. They just do a good job of making him feel like, "Hey man, this is what you're supposed to be doing." Like, yeah. Even though you're a freshman, this is what you're supposed to be doing. We've had kids do this before. You're going to step in and do just fine. Well, and that and that that's when you start building a program. Yeah. So what's going to happen is Next year, he's going to be on that line with two seniors, and you have to fill in for Carson and and Keith. And then all of a sudden, he's going to become that kid, and he's going to kid that he's going to grab that freshman or grab that sophomore, the trip Dobsons and some of those type of kids, and be like, "I did it as a freshman. Why can't you?" Yep. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that's that's where we're different now. And I mean, you can probably speak to this since you've been on the staff longer than anybody, anybody at this point, seven years. That's where I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, that's where we're different now compared to four or five years ago to where it was, you know, everybody was new at it. And there was no, it, it really wasn't a program from from the outside looking in. No, nah, we were just kind of surviving year to year. Well, I, no, I mean, that's not a, a great way to put it, but like just we were, we were trying to have some some classes that had inconsistency with coaching, you know, like we just, we were trying to give them the best experience they could have, you know, their last few years of high yeah. school to give them good consistency and just like, and everybody did a fantastic job of that. And then we really tried to invest in the younger class and you just watch the process of them coming up and like taking some lumps in that process, you know, yeah. we had a freaking uh, a defeated season, you know, it yeah. sucked. Like, and there was, some but, but how much, but looking back on that, 
how much did y'all learn from that? A ton. And how much now? How much are these kids now going? I don't want to go back there. And they're also telling the kids coming up because I mean it's one thing we talk about first and second year first and first and second grade game. You're there. You know you're you don't have to be there until the fifth grade game, but you're there. You've got. Ritz in the case on the sideline. You've got Braxton. Braxton. You've got Keith. Yeah. Keith yeah. who has no yeah. relationship to saying, you know, hey, I need a schedule. Yeah. Uh, you know, things like that. Jace is, you know, shows up to some of them. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, then we had the little preseason youth camp and 20 of the kid, 20 of the varsity kids were out there coaching, like, you know, the, the, the youth kids. And I mean, that, that, that's, that goes back to the community. It goes back to the families. That goes back to, you know, we're trying to build something a little bit more than, no, that's than a, that's just, a, hey, this is a fun year because they were, we're, you know, right now, we're Colin, winning. Conley and Ritson and Jace and Trace and all of them are the coolest kids in town. And that's, right. that's the way it should be. Yeah. Like, that's the way it should be. They're the, and, and there's a lot more. Like, they're all, they're the coolest kids in town. You wear that Elgin Allen jersey, even if you don't play necessarily like those kids are really looking up to you right now and like there was a point in time where that wasn't so much around here you no. know and that's not like a real testament to anybody but it's just uh that's what it was and like now i see my kid like damn let's go watch junior high he was there last <laughs> night you know, on the sideline watching the seventh grade game with me you know and just the uh just the wannabe coolness is, is really there with football no it's a big deal i think it's a uh, you know uh, Jared Williams, uh, Ron Donnelly both talked about that. You know, building, bring that tradition back. You know, uh, sometimes you know, uh, some some people get stuck in that loser mentality. You know, it's not okay yeah, to lose. It happens. You know? I mean, that's why I love about Coach Rouse. You know, sometimes I I feel myself being too soft on my own kid. You know what I mean? But uh, Coach Rouse, you know, he reels it back in. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, you, you gotta get this right here. You and know, now, like you're no you. Why not you? Why not you? You can be the champion too. They're they're the coolest kids in town. Like I said, I mean, like Chris Hayes and those guys at Pizza Crown. I mean, they're you know posting, they're changing their deal every week to say something about you know whether it be the offensive line, whether it be about Matt Lund or whatever. So I mean, the community's bought in now. Weatherford. I mean, Weatherford's a super proud, big program. Yeah. We had more people. We had just as many people there at that game on Friday than they did. We had people from the community. Like I said, some of the first and second grade cheerleading parents that I know of, some of our friends or whatever. I mean, we all – you, yeah. you were part of – you were with us. I mean, we – they all came up like they got first and second graders and third and fourth graders. They made a they, weekend out of. They it. made they a weekend and we stayed yeah. and you know went up to the game and things team. like that. Um, and I mean that that's when you're like, okay, this is you know, a it's a special season. Everybody thinks it might be. Um, we've got a long way to go to determine that. And but I mean, everybody is bought in now and 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 like I said again, that's part of a program because these. First and second grade kids, third and fourth grade kids, whatever, whether it be cheerleaders, football players, band, whatever, is I want to perform on Friday night in front of all those people. Yeah. Um, because they go to the games now and the stands are packed. 
you know, go to a road game. We got just as many people. Hell, the first and second grade game, we for sure had more people than the Weatherford people had. Dude, and, and um, we won at every single level right. the next day. And, like, that was just cool because even the coaches from there was like, hey, y'all run a really good program over there. Y'all, right. Y'all do a great job, you know. And, like, that's that's cool to see, you know. When it becomes – and, and, it, and it gets noticed. Yes. Because I know how coaches think and talk and, you know, I mean – Coach Wyatt knows what the first and second grade team did, what the third grade team, what the fourth grade did, did. You know, we know what happened against Lawton High on Monday. We know what happened. You know, I mean, you think because at the end of the day, those first and second grade kids at some point, if you plan on being here for a while, are going to be your varsity kid. (laughs) So, you know, if they're winning early, you're going, okay, well, we're set up okay for the future as well. Um, so I mean, it's a cool, it's a cool deal what we're, what we're experiencing right now. Yeah. And we got people that are willing to invest in the kids that much and invest in the community that much, you know, I'm willing, I, no matter what I'm going to invest into that, like the first yeah. and second grade team, cause yeah, personally it benefits my family tremendously with right. my son, you know, but like there is like, I don't plan on going anywhere. I love living here. I want what's yeah. best for it you know and at least right now that's that's the vision you know and a lot of people are bought in on it i feel like yeah and, and that and that's the way we are i mean you know, my, my wife is a first and second grade cheerleading coach i mean we don't we're not leaving elgin we own a state farm agency i mean so we're not it's not a business that moves so i mean we're here in the community the office is in Lawton, but i mean we're here in the elgin community and I mean, so we bought in. I mean, we're members of the quarterback club. I mean, we don't have a kid that we, we got two girls, but I mean, we're members of the quarterback club because I mean that that helps you know the sporting programs, things like that. Um, and I mean that that's when things things can get done. That's when things you know when when you have buy in from kids, it all starts with the kids. If the kids aren't bought in then the parents are going to be bought in. Yep. And then if the community sees that the parents are bought in, then the community is going to buy in and it kind of, it's all kind of a trickle effect. So yeah. Get the final words. Let's jump into uh, the well, you, game with Arena. Do you have, do you have any more players of the game? Oh shit. My bad. I, I hit myself. <laughs> yeah. Good call dog. Yeah. And then offense? offenses. <laughs> offense. Is player what? Of the week. Okay. Who? Richard Martin. <laughs> The dog, man. The dog himself. My boy. I'm better to golf at. Uh, oh. But, uh, we talk, we, he and I talked a little bit about golf on Saturday. Yeah. I see him out at the golf course every once in a while. Like, one day during the summer, I was just really wanting to go out and do something by myself. I was kind of just – and I went out at 110 degrees, 3 o'clock in the afternoon in Muni. And I coached his little brother, Jensen, too, in first, second grade. Yeah, she and, did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And I get out there. There's only one other van out there. And I was like, oh, it's nothing. I'll just go out and start playing myself, having a good time. About hole two. Coach Rao! <laughs> I look over. It's Jensen and Ritson just out there playing in the heat. Like, So I played like 18 holes with them. It was like one of the best days of the summer I had, man. Like I enjoyed the hell out of it. Like they're, they're great kids, great family, you know. And Ritson's Ritson, dude. He's freaking good. He's, he's uh, just he's a kid that. We coach hard because we have to, you know, but yeah. you just have to coach him hard, but you have to love him hard too at the same time. And yeah. I mean, yeah. Talk about coaching him. I mean, cause like I said, I mean, he's a sophomore. He's, he's done a lot of great things so far and he's got a long way to go. I mean, I mean, you got to coach a kid like that hard. Cause if not, then he's going to get complacent and he's going to get cocky. And I mean, he, 
It's easy for him to be the best kid around here, you know? Right. Like, we just, we always want him, and he does a good job of doing that. Yeah. You know? We just always just keep him in line, keep him motivated, keeping him doing the right things, which is, it's, he does a great job. He, uh, like and the he, one thing I love to see about him, too, because like I said, he has the ability to, to be obnoxiously cocky. But when Matt scores a touchdown, he's the first guy out there. Brody, him and Brody are super close. When Brody does something great, he's the first one out there and things like that. I mean, he's bought in. I mean, he's not, he's not some of those kids that. No, he's not. Know, he's not a selfish kid at all. And I mean, that goes to show kind of what what they're doing at the home front because um, it comes from a good family too. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's just always hungry for the spotlight. You know, like <laughs> yes, that's he wants like it. That's good, and like I, I, that's something that. As a coach, like you learn with an athlete like that, how, how to uh, how to coach them, you know, and my relationship with him has grown tremendously in the past year, you know, and I value it. And he's taught me things as a coach. And, like, I'm sure we have a long road ahead of us here, yeah. you know. And, uh, <laughs> like, he has the potential to do something that only 50 other kids in Oklahoma history has ever done is win four state championships in wrestling. Oh, wrestling you know, 50 kids have ever done it. They had the 50th this year, you know, and – he has the potential to do that, and uh, that's pretty special, man. All right, so so football player, wrestler, what is he better at? Uh, he uh, he's, a, <laughs> he's a better football player. He's okay. a better football player. I'll give him that. And like wrestling, I think he he likes wrestling to an extent, but also like I mean, it, man, he might be a better baseball player than he's a football player. Yeah, yeah, I he's mean, good at those. And, and like you know, you know what else he is pretty good at is he's pretty good at basketball. And I had to fight that battle for a while. You know, oh, to keep him out of that. He played <laughs> he played junior high basketball and, and, and wrestled at the same time. You know, and I worked out a deal where it worked out in junior high. But once you got into high school, like it was a serious decision. You had to make a commitment. You know, and that not, I've never done that with any other kid. You know, and I don't right. know if I ever will do it with any other kid. It's just like it was what happened at the time, and that's like he needed a constant competition you know yeah. and to do that and like hell when you're playing six sports you're not getting in any trouble so like go ahead my man yeah like, have at it you know and well uh, and, and these, yeah, parents, these parents these the and the parents that try and and we can maybe get into this a little bit but i mean like the parents that try and say i want my kid to specialize i mean we talked earlier a little bit about kind of the parent mindset and, you know, getting coaching the parents and things like that. I mean, as a coach, talk, a, talk a little bit about that, like the specialization thing and whatever. I mean, because look, I mean, I played football, basketball, and baseball most of my life. Um, ended up in, in high school, just playing basketball and baseball, uh, football and baseball. But I mean, when you look at an NBA draft, when you look at an NFL draft, you look at an NBA draft, you look at a major league baseball draft, all those kids played multiple sports throughout high school because you learn so much from other sports because you're still competing. Yes. When you're in a lab or you're in a batting cage, you're not, you're learning the technique of hitting, but you're not learning how to compete. I mean, talk a little bit about you know the the competing aspect of it and playing multiple sports since you're coaching multiple sports. I mean, man, that was uh, Coach Wyatt did a really good job of like bringing that in when he came in because he, he's a baseball guy. He is, man. <laughs> and like he played college baseball, you, right. know? And you wouldn't expect that like tremendously uh, out of him, like to to push all those sports. But like immediately, he saw the benefits of wrestling and the benefits of like multiple sports. And he was a great football player as well, and just uh, played basketball, multiple sports. 
So like him just being receptive to pushing that was good, you know, and then like constantly with our kids, everything was a competition. We were always trying to compete in drills, compete in doing this, compete in the weight room. And like for a while, it was like even competing to a senseless matter. Like we were competing over everything, you know, but it was good. It brought those kids like into that drive, you know, and it changed like kind of the culture onto that. But as far as like parents wanting their kids to specialize in sports, like I, I, their wrestling is different kind of in his perspective because there's a certain type of kid that like man wrestling is probably the only thing for you yeah and uh, okay and like i get that so like at first like i didn't even like wrap my head around that aspect of it okay. even as a wrestler growing up until i got into coaching you know because like as a wrestler growing up like i didn't notice the people around me that were just in wrestling to be in wrestling because they needed that you know yeah as a coach like i recognize that so like that's a little bit different now i see that but like as far as like get, trying to just say man we're just going to be in in the gym shooting or we're just going to be playing ba baseball eight months out of the year or we're just playing football like i i just i look at it just kind of as a spec as a different two different ways like a way as in if you're doing all these things as a kid like man there's not a lot of time to get in trouble like i said and yeah. that's how i grew up you know and it yeah. kept me out of a lot of trouble as a youngster just being in these sports all the time doing this and that you know and that's the lifestyle uh, my parents lived we all lived you know and it, it worked out and then just uh but being a i learned so being a football player playing baseball i had i had a different mentality as a baseball player because baseball it's not as rah-rah it's more individual yeah to a certain degree yes you're on a team but your individual success can take you a lot further in baseball if you're good and things like that and there are certain kids that cannot buy into the team concept. Correct. They were raised in a different way or Correct. just a mindset. And wrestling's a sport for some of those kids. Yeah. Different sports might be that for them. It's just as like parents, like try at least try to throw as many things against the wall as you can and see what sticks too. You know, that's kind of like right. where I'm at with like a lot of kids, just throw them in anything, you know, let them play all these sports. Well, and competition is the best for everything. Yeah, dude, I mean, because just staying busy doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, competition, like, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, these parents that, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to call out any parents that are doing it, but I mean, if you're doing it because I want my kid to go pro, when you look at the statistics, it's not multi-sport kids more often go pro yeah because you know they're competing at higher levels you know they're competing in different in different sports and i mean it makes you a better athlete because there's things that trans there's things that you do as a quarterback if you play baseball you know i could throw from different arm angles because i was you know this that and the other as a you know as a baseball player if you're a football player i mean i can take getting if I'm a shortstop, I get, you know, get taken out at second base. I mean, if I'm a football player, okay, it's easy to get taken out. It's, the first, it's not the first time I've ever gotten hit in my life. Ritson, you know? Ritson got tackled and did a cartwheel last week. <laughs> right. You know, because I make him do cartwheels every day in that wrestling and he's, and, You know, and, 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 and he was not down. And he does and not he, like to do cartwheels every day. And I'm still like, Ritson, you're going to do your damn cartwheels today, even if and, you don't want to. And there it is right there. He can do that in a game, you know. And, and like, he wasn't down. But they called him down. He was not down. Was, man, I agree <laughs> with you. And that would have been one of the best. <laughs> yes, it would have been incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like he and I talked a little bit about that Saturday. I was like, "You weren't down, were you?" I said, "I mean, I I was up high. I mean, I, and he goes, I didn't. I don't think I was, but." And I believe like body control wrestling teaches you a lot of that. And, oh yeah, uh, his awareness and uh, my brother-in-law will say this is it. My brother-in-law played safety at Ole Miss. And was a D1 athlete, played in the SEC. Where I would say ninety-five percent of that was because he was a wrestler. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he was a white safety in the SEC. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen often. Um, and a lot of that he contributes to wrestling because of body control, you know, that mentality of being always on the offensive and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the way it goes. Good as Ritson is, as decent as he was in basketball, he's a lot better wrestler. Okay. So he made the right decision. <laughs> he made the right decision. It's what's good. Even the basketball coach agreed he made the right decision at one point, you know. And and I'm sure like it's just I'll call Coach Green after this. No, nah, he wants a little team. It's just uh we came over that hurdle, but don't make us take a step back, please. <laughs> That's one thing I like about uh football is is like you can still play football. But I think sometimes people have to understand you may not be playing the, the position you think you're going to play. You know what I mean? You can't start as quarterback all these years and assume you're going to be quarterback. There's all, there's yeah. just things you can – same thing with running back. You know what I mean? You're not going to be the running back for the rest of your life. Sometimes you might need to be a slot receiver. Well, you know I mean? it is what it is. In Little League, what happens is, I mean, you're the first second grade coach, you can tell us. I mean, you put your best athletes at, you know, quarterback and running back. Running back and just – you know, you snap it and student body right, student body left, and, and that's all you go with. And as the, you know, as the kids start to progress and things like that, I mean, it's once they get to about fifth, sixth grade, you can kind of, and, and I may be a little bit off by the years because I'm not a coach, but I mean, no, you're right. looking back on it in, in my playing days and whatever, about fifth or sixth grade, you can kind of tell where kids are going to kind of. Kind of be, and I mean, all of a sudden, you never know. I mean, this you kid changes that, a lot. Yeah, you, you could. They, there was this fifth or sixth grade kid that you know was kind of goofy and whatever. And you put him on the line, then all of a sudden, as eighth and ninth grade, you're like, oh crap, he can. Yeah. You know, he's slimmed out. He's lost that baby fat and some of that type of stuff. And I mean, now all of a sudden, he's a receiver or running back. And I mean, yeah, like you said, football is kind of one of those weird sports where I mean, it's ever changing and and. And I mean, I've, I've seen situations where um, in high school where like a, kids played like freshman O-line and then turned into like junior and senior running back yeah. because he just kind of lost body fat and lost some of that type of stuff. And now all of a sudden it's just, you know, he, he, it's, it's just a different body type. And I mean, because I mean, Grossberg's. Adam Eaton, I mean, is a Dude. perfect example. I mean, he grew into his body and... Now all of a sudden he's a pretty darn good tight end, and I mean, looks pretty impressive on the football field. Yeah, um, that's that's funny because like my kid Castro's got his hooks in him. Uh, the other day we were just talking about you know growing up, what do you want to play? When he's, I can't wait till I get to junior high so I can play my real position. So what, man? What are you talking about? I figure he plays quarterback now. He knows eventually he ain't gonna be very tall. He's probably gonna have to play running back or receiver <laughs> or something. He goes O line. I said what. <laughs> He said, I'm going on blocking people. I said, all right, then, son. All right. And Castro, I had him running freaking counter and uh, youth camp this summer. He got his hooks in on him. So I was like, all right, man, you got a good perspective there. Like, I, I can enjoy that. But like Adam Eaton, like you said, dude, that's a kid that was their grade school running back. Ran like a deer. He looked like Matt Lund, kind of like a body type in grade right. school, like kind of just slender and, and a little bit taller. And then uh, 
through junior high, he kind of got just awkward body, too big, you know, and like, and then just explosion the past two years, the weight room, extremely hard, you know, right. I saw him working in there and then just grew into a grown freaking man out there. That's a giant, like people look at him. That's somebody who's going to get attention just by size alone. Yeah. You know? Is he a junior? He's a, he's a junior. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he's going to get some looks just because he's a great looking kid. He's a great looking kid. I mean, yeah. and that's, I mean, that's, like I said, that's a lot of things that, you know, some parents don't understand also on the recruiting side of it. I mean, it's not necessarily what you're doing now. It's also kind of about your projections of what you could be yeah, moving forward. I mean, that's the part that – hard facts of football. That, that's the part that sucks. I mean, you like, – and I'll and – I'll, I'll, so, at UNA, so – I'll go on a little tangent here about UNA. So there was a there was a kid on our team that played defensive end that never played. He came in as a quarterback. Uh, he was 6'7", 250. I beat him out. He came in as a quarterback. I mean, and I beat him out, so I became the quarterback. So they moved him to defensive end. They tried to move him to tight end. He, I'm not playing tight end. I'm not playing I'm going to defensive end. Back up. Never played for us. D2 school. D2. Now, top five D, D2 school in the country, you know, made it to semifinals, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, gets picked up, so doesn't get drafted, obviously. Played sparingly, if at all, for us the whole time we were in school. D2 program. Plays six years in the league for the Steelers. Dude. Because he... At, in D2, he thought he was better than all of us to a certain degree. So he really didn't put in the work and time. And then we graduated, got an agent who told him, I can get you a free agent deal. You just got to suck it up, work out, be a tight end, and you know, run down on special teams, stuff like that. Like, wouldn't play special teams for us in D2 because he's right. like, you know, I'm above, you know, I'm 6, 7, and 250 and, you know, whatever. That's crazy. And played six years for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but barely played it down for us. But they drafted him on his potential. Now, part of it was his mindset. Right, right. But, I mean – but drafted and he played six years in the league. Now he gets a pension in the league and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm sitting here going, I beat him out as quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> where's, where's my pension? Yeah. yeah. Um, where's my uh, protection at? You know, yeah. You know, and I mean, I think that gets lost, though, in the recruiting world, too. Tremendously. And, and, and on the high school side of things, like, you'll see these, you'll see these kids that have these offers and you're going, how? I know. I mean, yeah, but uh, yeah, but then like Coach Wyatt did a great job at the uh, initial parent meeting of telling people like, "Hey, you think your kid's D one? Here's the average D one weight and height right yeah. here of a lineman, yeah. and here's what they're doing every day." You know, and like broke it down, and I think it opened a lot of people's eyes. Of, yeah. like, hey, my baby is not like yeah. going to do this or that. You know, and that's good. And that's kind of bringing some realism to people, you know, yeah. and just. Uh, and I mean, I don't think I don't think people understand one double A and D two is not that much different than D one. Now it's really not even because now you're actually on TV every week. Mm-hmm. 
with with all the streaming programs and all that kind of stuff. So you are playing on TV every week. Um, but I mean, all those D one kids that sign, you know, there's a ch- shit ton of them that now are playing one double and D two after their first year, getting up there and going. Oh, the only difference in D one D one double A and D two compared to D one is the depth. Right. Um, the starters, if you're a starter at a D one school, and I'm not talking about LSU, Alabama, you know, right. The top 15, 20 programs in the, in the country. But if you're a, if you're a starter at a D one, D one double A or a D two school, I'd say the top 20 D two schools in the country is really not that much of a drop off where the drop off happens in one double A and D two is the backups. Yeah. Um, a, you're limited in scholarships, so you know you don't have as many scholarship kids on the roster. But I mean, those those kids can compete, you know, to a certain degree, um, and you're still playing college football. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, if you want, you know, still getting and you're school still, paid for. You're still, still getting school paid for. You're still going to get a look to go to the money making league. You still get, yeah, you still have the opportunity to go to the NFL. I mean, we were at, a, I played at a D2 school and I played with seven kids that played in the NFL. I mean, and you look at an Oklahoma team, I mean, they might have had 15. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So you're not, you're, you're, it's not that much different. That's it's all right. happens once you, once you get there and start. Progressing, I agree, man, um, and that's a that's I really feel strongly about the D two D one thing a lot, and like football, I've never really put it in that perspective, but I agree, like that's but wrestling, it was kind of the same thing, like wrestling for a D two school, like we still competed with OU and OSU, you know, like yeah. we'd go wrestle against them, like it wasn't a thing, like and uh, you know, I wrestled for the second winningest coach in ever, ever with David James, you know, he has the second most wins ever, and then like wrestled against. Uh, UFC champion, you know, like you wrestle against the best of the best, no matter what. It's just you're right. Like there's different depths to it, and it's kind of the same thing with wrestling. You know, yeah. there's a little bit longer of a season, a little bit more of a grind, you know, and it's just a football bit- football side of things. I mean, playing in D two, my three years, three years playing in D two, um, I played against three Super Bowl champions. Damn, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they end up when you know guys that I played against, and guy one guy sacked the shit out of me <laughs> multiple times in the game. Won a super, you know, but three guys won Super Bowls um, that I played against. And I mean, looking at the back of the number, I think it was 45 to 50 guys that I played against at some point in my college career played in the NFL. Damn, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? So it's you know. You know, you get the stigma. I mean, I got to go D1. I got to go Oklahoma. I got to go. No. I mean, if you're playing college football, you're playing to the next level. And if you can progress that next level, then you've done something good. Yeah. Just like that size thing alone. I remember like at Duncan, we played against two kids that were like Gerald McCoy who played against them. He was yeah. huge. Jermaine Gresham. They were huge kids yeah. out there. But I remember like playing against them, not them being tremendous forces in the game, just being huge dudes out there you know and then like you just see their projection and how they go you know yeah. off that like size alone you know and football is just insane and uh I, so speaking of that high school 
We played West Monroe. My senior year in high school, we played West Monroe. West Monroe's left tackle was Andrew Whitworth, and their middle linebacker was Brady James. Played for the Cowboys forever. Awesome. Right. Um, and, the, and we held our own in the game. They were way better than us. We held our own in the game. And, like, I threw – now, Andrew wasn't on the field when I was playing, but Brady was. Brady bounced me off the turf like I was a basketball two or three times, <laughs> but also threw for, like, 270 yards. So, I was like, oh, yeah. you know. And they also had three or four other kids that ended up going D1. Yeah, that's um, like kind of. I was just, I was like, man, we played against them dudes. And I mean, they beat the crap out of us. I remember, but it was just like, man, like they were D one kids that were right. out there playing, and it really like it wasn't a ton of difference. I no, felt like out there, we you know, beat, and I so, was by no means a, a D one football player. I should, I didn't know that level, you uh, know, but uh, just playing against some kids like that, the it, mindset it helps makes you better how you play yeah. against them. My, you know, my sophomore year, I was playing safety because I was the quarterback before me. Um, went to Mississippi State. So we played Major Applewhite was quarterback. Damn, that's Greg Brooks was the receiver. He played at Texas. And Travis Minor was a running back who played at Florida State. And we ended up whooping their ass. And so that was a cool day. Now we had we were in New Orleans school, so we had a we had a decent amount of D one athletes on our team too. Um, um no big big names. Um and I was playing safety at the time. Um Travis Minor I had an angle on Travis Minor and he kicked in a second gear and made me, <laughs> made me look like I was running a forever. <laughs> I was a four six, four seven kid and he made me look like I was running a forever. I had the angle on him and everything. He kicked in the second gear. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I got out of athletes several times out there, but Um, tried to make up for it. (laughs) So I hadn't talked about it much, but we'll kick into quick gear about El Reno. El Reno. Let's talk about kind of, you know, the the victory last year and what that victory ended up meaning. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, it was it was a good win for us. It was our first game ever in 5A. I remember playing on that. I was kind of hyped up and stuff. And we went out there, and it wasn't even a game. Like, we just – we beat the piss out of them last year. Yeah. Like, you know, and I think anybody would agree with that. And uh, I don't know, going into it, that that just set the whole tone for the district. You know, we kind of right. – we were like, all right, we're pretty good. And then when we went and thumped Ardmore the next week, we were like, all right, we're ready to go roll some people up. And uh I don't know. That's just kind of the mentality we're taking into this week. They're good. You know, I'm not going to say they're not a good team. They're a pretty good team. You know, they took Weatherford down to the wire, and I think Weatherford's a good team. So we'll have to go in there and battle. And going into a place like that's not good. You know, that's going to be a hostile environment. Yeah. Probably a place where we won't get the calls that we want or anything like that. So we have to be disciplined, and we have to make sure that we're on our A game with that. So that's good. Like, we need those tests, you know. And I've got to talk to Coach Castro. I found out we're going to be in the same booth. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so 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 Coach O, Coach Castro, and I are going to have to have a David Dilling. We're going to be a little tight, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll have some fun up there. Dang, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a they're they're a good football team. Like I said, I mean, yeah, last year looking back on it, they, they weren't where they wanted to be when we played them. Um, they got way better as the year progressed, yes, and I yes. mean, they ended up making it to the playoffs. Um, and if you, yeah, if you would have, if we would have thought about it week four last year, there's no way we would have thought they'd have made it to playoffs. So they've yep. gotten a lot better. Um, they returned a 
decent amount of people. They lost some people, but they do return a lot of a decent amount of people. So it's going to be a tough challenge. I mean, I don't think it's going to be much different than Weatherford. Not saying the score because it is a district game and we are on the road. Um, but I mean, they're very similar to Weatherford um, in the way that they like to do things. The only thing that's a little bit different is they're they're a pound, they're a ground a pound team. So I mean, our defense. I think that feeds into our defense a little because, I mean, right. we're definitely – I mean, we're fine against the pass. I'm not saying that we're we're not good against the pass, but they're going to – Weatherford like to kind of spread you out and throw it around a little where they're going to kind of try and ground and pound you a little. Um, so we might not have as many possessions on offense because they might try and – if I were them – That's what I would do. I would, yeah. I would, I would try and – but, I mean, our offense is doing great and all that kind of stuff, but if you ask any of our coaches and, you you know, you, Cody, you, you can maybe second me on this. I mean, everything starts with our defense. Yeah. I mean, right now our defense is is lights out. Um, and, and, yes, we can score with just about anybody in the state, but, I mean – our defense does a great job of, of. They take it like on the Dion level. It's personal. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's, personal. it's personal. I mean, it, and, uh, they take it to a whole nother level. So I mean, the, the offense gets a lot of the credit a lot of times, Matt and Trace and and those guys. But at the end of the day, I mean, the whole team starts with the defense. Um, so if I'm the way El Reno, I would think is looking at things is because they are a ground and pound team, they're going to try and keep it away from our offense and try and get some first downs and and try and do some things. But um, I still think we're okay at the end of the day. Um, but we need to win this one. It's first district game. I mean, in, in Oklahoma high school football, I mean, those first three games that we played, they're great. They're wonderful, but they have no – They don't mean anything. They don't mean anything as far as our playoff seeding or anything. Um, so that's why some people kind of break it into three seasons. That was kind of the preseason to a certain degree. Um, it's always good, obviously, to come out of the quote unquote preseason three and zero and have a lot of momentum. Um, but El Reno's it, it's a different test because it's a district game because it's on the road. Um, but I think it's going to be very similar to Weatherford if we can come out and execute the way that that we're capable of. I think we learned a lot from that first half of Weatherford. I think we can clean some things up. Um, if we come in and execute the way we did in the second half, I think it 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 could get similar to the way to the way that that, that second half went. Um, Definitely, I think we're just. Uh, I, I agree, and I think we're going to just challenge the kids to not play on their emotions as much this week, you know, and to. Uh, just remember what what their job, what they're there to do. You know, remember what's important. That's why I said that a lot this week. Remember what's important. You know, and uh, what's important is going out there and executing the game plan and doing things right. And really want to try to be sound on all three phases. You know, make sure special teams are cleaned up and just do everything right this week. Because El Reno is kind of different with that. They do some weird stuff. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have something. You know, like when and we got a little chippy last week. We need yeah penalties right now. If if. if if you would say, hey, what is your biggest problem? 3-0 and, you know, you've scored 500 points, whatever it is, yeah, and, right. and they've scored 13. I mean, what's your biggest issue? Penalties. Yep. I mean, we, we, we have a lot of penalties. Um, they haven't come back to haunt us at this point because we really haven't played in any games where 
I mean, the first half of Weatherford, they did, and that's why it was only 13-0. Yep. Um, but we got to kind of get through some of that. Um, and some of those pre-snap ones, those are the ones that, you know, some of the – some of them you can you can you can agree with or or be okay with, but the pre snap ones, yeah, where it's the it's straight mental, whether it's be jumping off sides on defense, jumping off sides on offense, lining up incorrectly, some of that type of stuff, holding mental and, mistakes, yeah, just the, the mental mistakes. I mean, and like I said, we haven't made them at this point. We're we're super nitpicky. <clears throat> because you have to be as yeah. as a coach and as you know, I mean, yeah, you. It'd be great to say, oh, everything's gone wonderful, but you can't tell sixteen and eighteen year old kids that everything's gone wonderful. Um, but it hasn't really, because I mean, I know you guys as a staff can say we haven't played a perfect game yet by any stretch of the imagination. No, and just like if we want to have our bigger goal in sight, which is you know winning the state championship, yeah. like we've got to, uh, we've got to hit on a bigger cylinder you know we've got to uh we've got to focus ahead on bigger things and that's just uh not getting through the week game it's getting better and building momentum week by week into the postseason you know and having our kids buy into that you know and like we remember as a staff we challenge them every day to a really really high level you know and sometimes we got to sit back and question or just like tell each other like yo we're expecting excellence out of these kids you know cut them Cut them a little bit here, you know, make sure they feel loved. But, like, remember, every day we're expecting excellence. And uh, we do a good job holding kids accountable for that. And you have to if you want to win a state championship. You have to. But, like, there's a responsibility with that. You can't just hold a kid accountable every single day and not have a deeper relationship than just holding them accountable. You know, you've got to have a personal relationship with them or, or some sort of connection with them. Somebody on your staff and that's just as a whole like they do a good job of that no matter who they are we, we find, find kids and try to connect with them no 100% uh, I was going to go into final words but I feel like that was the final words yeah 100% no because I mean yeah <laughs> 100% Cody you want to give me any shout outs or any, uh, anything coming up uh, no just uh, if if you are looking for like an outlet for your kid, especially we have youth signups coming up, you know, youth wrestling. If you'll find our Facebook, it's just Elgin Wrestling and I encourage you. We run three different groups, like a beginner group, which is babies, you know, three, four, five year old kids come out there, roll around on the mat for an hour, get some energy out once Funnest a week. Right it is, man. <laughs> and like, I personally run every single one of those every Monday. Like I take that in just because my kids have done that. And like, I just believe in that. And then there's a novice group we run twice a week, which is if your kid's a little older and just like one or two years in, let them get some experience. And then we run our open group with our killers, you know, three times a week. And just if you, uh, if as soon as they're done with football, we roll right into wrestling. I'll coach them up. If, if you want to get your kid involved, uh, it's a great way. Hey, hey, if you don't have, if you know, if you haven't gotten footballed out on the weekend, we want all y'all to try, try to travel up to El, El Reno, but if you can't, you can watch us on OSN. But if not, you've got a home game, first and second grade at nine o'clock against Tuttle. That's right, baby. Um, big yeah. Tuttle, big Tuttle Tigers uh, opportunity there. So if you can't, Cody Ryle will be the head coach there. My wife will be the 
cheerleading right. coach. Come on, she'll draw them up on she'll, Saturday she'll morning. be dry, drawing them up on Saturday mornings <laughs> to make sure that uh, everything's going right in the Elgin world. That's right, baby. <laughs> Leading up into, into it. So. That's right. That's Shout out to Stay Farm, too.